0: Now, if you're visiting us this morning, uh, this first Sunday of the month is always an all-age service, which is uh, led by our children and young people, hence why the songs are on the screen, and we haven't got the band this week, and uh, we're doing things a little bit differently. Uh, And normally, I would ask uh, a child to do the reading. But for reasons which you're going to find out in a minute, I thought that was a little bit mean this morning, uh, because it's not the easiest of readings to read. Uh, So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. We're continuing through Advent, obviously. Looking at the, the readings that have been set for Advent season, uh, this time where we're preparing for uh, the coming of Jesus. And last week we were looking at the second coming of Jesus, and this week we're looking at John the Baptist preparing the way uh, for Jesus. And so this is uh, Luke chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Iteria, and uh, Trachonitis and Lysanias, Tetrarch of Albinae, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in and every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough way smooth. And all mankind will see God's salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to encourage you all just to close your eyes for a minute. And just to put yourselves in the shoes of John the Baptist. Now, you know already that your life is going to be pretty special because it's been promised over you before you were born. But even more than that, you know your cousin, Jesus of Nazareth, is even more special, has an even more uh, important job to do on this earth. Now, you, as John the Baptist, are a Jew, You've been raised a Jew. You've been taught the story of the people of Israel since you were little. You've learned that story. You know that story really well. But for the past 450 years, there's been a great silence. All these prophets who used to raise up and speak about God are nowhere to be seen. And it seems like God has fallen silent. There are generations of people before you. Who've never heard the voice of God for themselves, only through the stories that are passed down from generation to generation. And then a day comes where it's said of you that the voice of the Lord came to you. That's a phrase that's only reserved for prophets. The voice of the Lord has come to you john the baptist you are chosen by him to prepare the way for the messiah the promised one jesus the son of god you're out in the wilderness and the might the words of isaiah fill your mind a voice of one calling in the desert Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And you realize that in your your wilderness time, as you're walking through the wilderness, wondering what God is going to do, you realize that hundreds of years before you were even born, prophet the Isaiah knew you'd be there. And as you hear the voice of God calling you to prepare the way for Jesus. You're filled with awe and wonder and trembling. And you know the message you've been called to bring. You know the challenge and the joy of that message. And as you respond... You move into the, all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. I wonder, as John the Baptist, how you would be feeling in that moment. The sense of joy and yet responsibility. Of hope and yet so much that you don't know yet the time has come the time that people have been waiting for for generations has come Jesus has come So the message for you as John the Baptist is a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. These are the words of Isaiah the prophet from hundreds of years before, and they are full of really powerful and really wonderful imagery. The whole concept of uh, the valleys being filled in is a poetic way of saying the Messiah is coming. He is coming to make all things right. And that every mountain and hill made low is coming to say that the proud are going to be made humble, the lowly are going to be lifted up. There's going to be this level playing field from which all come. And so John the Baptist's response to that is to preach in all the country around the Jordan a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now there's a mouthful in itself. A baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. A baptism... Uh, is something that was practiced uh, far and wide, even before Jesus was baptized. Uh, and it was a symbol of obedience, essentially obedience to the message or obedience to the, the, the person that you're following, whatever it may be. Uh, but I want us to be very clear uh, that John the Baptist in this moment is not offering forgiveness of sins because he can't do that. Only God alone can forgive sins. Jesus makes that very clear, as do the Pharisees around him in the time. But there is something very important that John the Baptist is doing here, and that is found not only in our understanding of what our sins are, but also in our understanding of what repentance is. And I've been trying for the past week to try to find a way to illustrate this, and I've really struggled. Um, And I had an idea about half an hour ago that I hope is going to work. It may not. Um, I'm going to ask Toby to come up if you can. Toby, come and help me here. He doesn't. He doesn't know I'm doing this, but that's fine. And I've got uh, some socks here. They are brand new little sock bundles. Toby, come and stand here for me and face that way, face the screen, and hold those three pairs of socks. Okay. And what I'm going to ask Toby to do is, I'm going to ask him to randomly, uh, at any distance, he decides. Just throw those socks behind him, Okay? That's all I'm asking you to do is just throw the socks behind him. Obviously there's a desired outcome we'd like to see all the going on the team. Toby, just throw uh, those socks one at a time, just throw them behind you. Okay, again, and one more. Uh, sorry, I think you that's fine. Now what you'll find is that Toby the idea was to try and get them in the bucket. But you didn't know that. You see that what, what, wait, what? (laughs) I didn't even know there was a bucket. I didn't even know I was aiming for the bucket. Now, when you see the word sin in the Bible, it's always worth seeing what is actually meant by that word. And the closest translation that people have come up with is missing the mark. Our sin is described as missing the mark, missing the way that God wanted us to live, the way we're intended to live. And the reason that so many people go through life missing the mark is because they're looking in the wrong direction. And actually, often when you, are, uh, you don't follow Jesus, you don't believe in Jesus, you, you may be sinning without even realizing that what you're doing is a sin. But at the same time, you may also be rather enjoying it and not really care about the consequences of it. But then John the Baptist comes preaching this message of forgiveness of sins, which is actually speaking about a forgiveness that's coming, uh, something that's coming. And rather interestingly, when Paul picks up on this later in the book of Acts, he says that John preached the, the message of remission of sins, which is different to forgiveness of sins. Very different, actually, because remission is basically sort of uh, about sort of the consequences of sin, whereas forgiveness is about the person who has sinned, forgiveness for the person. And the people of Israel knew they were sinful. They knew they were sinful. In fact, the people of Israel believed that the reason that the Romans were in charge was because of their sin. That's why they were working so hard to have so many rules, so many regulations, so many things for people to follow so that they didn't live in sin so that maybe this day would end. And John enters into that dialogue with a message of repentance for the forgiveness or the remission or both of sins. And repentance, very simply... (laughs) Means changing direction, <laughs> To repent is to turn from our own selfish ways where we miss the mark, possibly without even realizing that we're missing the mark and realize there's another way. And that other way is found in Jesus. And when we can see what we're aiming for, things are different. I'm not going to guarantee Toby's going to get all of these But he at least has a chance now. Because here's the thing. We'll try and we may fail. And we'll keep trying. There's more if you want to keep trying, Toby. It's not that when we turn and we repent, sin doesn't happen. Hey! Hey! But what it means is that rather than being... Sinners who are occasionally saintly, we are saints who occasionally sin. Sin is still in our lives, but its appeal begins to lose, or it begins to lose its appeal in our lives as we have that sense of actually there's another way. And the other way is in the person of Jesus Christ, turning to him, choosing life with him, choosing to walk with him. Jesus is far, as we've been saying for the past few weeks, Jesus is far more than just a get-into-heaven-for-free card. (laughs) He is about life in all its fullness today. And part of that life is found in the forgiveness we receive from him and knowing that there's life with him, that we can walk with him every single day of our lives. Life begins today when we choose to turn and follow him. And this message of repentance, this message of turning is of huge significance to the people of Israel who have put so many rules and regulations in place in order that sin no longer has an effect. Because the call of John the Baptist to repent and be baptized, which is the same call of Jesus when he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is a call out of religion into relationship. A call out of the religious spirit and everything that goes with it and the striving and the sense of having to do into a relationship with the one who can forgive. Not John, the one who follows him. The one who can and does forgive our sins. And when we choose to turn and face him, we enter into that life. We enter into that promise. And we realize that whilst, yes, we still sin, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The effects of that sin no longer lead to death for us because he came, he died, and he rose. So we can have life. So the call to repent is to turn and to face Turn from our ways of missing the mark and turn and face Jesus. And it's not about having our lives sorted and then coming to him. We come to him and then together we work to get our lives sorted. Because he has better for us. He has more for us than we can possibly imagine. And life with him is far greater than any life without him. So receive that invitation today to turn out of and from religion into relationship with the person of Jesus Christ, who is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.